We thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching from Metro Church. We hope this inspiring message will empower and enrich your life. As the uh, year came to almost a final close, I said, you know what? We're going to give out one more gift for the year. We're going to have one big the 1130 experience and uh, bless our team one more time because I can't thank our team enough for all that they do to continue to move the ball down the field for the sake of the kingdom of God. Uh, Our kids workers, those loving on our children, teaching our children, the worship team who gets here hours before you do to run through rehearsal and the sound team and the computer team, making sure everything goes flawlessly. That is not easy, y'all. And so again, thank the team one more time. What a great team. The cameras, those... Those of you enjoying church online today, it's because somebody else was here early to make sure you had that. And so I love our team. They are the best. You know, here we are again. Another new year. A fresh, shiny, untainted year awaits. Some of you might be like, well, yesterday ruined it already. Shame on you. No, just playing. Listen, we're here because we need God in our lives, right? We're here because we need his radical, transformational Uh, ability to change us. And uh, he can do it. And so that's why we're here. We're not here just to hear, uh, you know, a good message. Hopefully that'll happen anyway, but we're here to experience God together. Maybe this is the first time you've uh, come to church in a long time. Maybe it's the first time you've come to church ever. We want to say welcome uh, and feel right at home because ain't nobody in here truly an angel. So are you guys ready to get into the word today? Again, I, I sit here and I, I, we sit at the beginning of a shiny new year and uh, what we choose to do with it matters. You know, how we move forward, you know, it matters. And, and some of us, we can kind of have that thought process like, but how do we move forward without the ghost of years past, or should I say the residue of bad decisions lingering and affecting this new year, right? This is uh, a saying we used to use when we think about altering the course that we are taking. Have you ever heard this concept? Uh, for the sake of making changes for the future, we say moving forward. Moving forward, let's be sure to do it this way. Moving forward, let's not allow that to happen again. Moving forward, let's do X, Y, and Z, not A, B, and C. Moving forward, let's be sure to have what we need before we start. Moving forward. After a year has passed, and hopefully it was a great year for you, I know that uh, there are plenty of people that are glad to see that year go, just like the year before. Some of you are excited that 2022 has new hopes and dreams. Some of you are just hoping the hopes and dreams will be able to be revived from 2019. I don't know where you are, but what I know is that with God, all things are possible. When we say moving forward, let's be sure too, what we're really saying is next time, let's adjust so we can see healthy change. Oftentimes it's the moving forward thought that actually unlocks the ability to begin moving forward. It's more than a statement or saying, but a process for doing. And I love this passage we're about to dive into. And I'm, I, rather than doing a, a long passage today, I'm, I, uh, I wanted to just really dig into three or four short verses and just kind of dig through it together. But this passage we find in Isaiah, it's amazing. It, it, it is God reminding his people that he is a merciful and trustworthy God. How many could use an extra dose of mercy this year? 
How many could uh, need uh, that moment to remind yourself that God is trustworthy? He is worthy of the trust that maybe sometimes we fail to give him. So when I dig into the scripture, it reminds me of these things, and, and they help us through what life brings. And, and I also, uh, it gives us tips on how we can put into practice uh, the things we need to for a better year. So uh, why don't you guys follow along with me as we dive into Isaiah 43. It says, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way, say made a way, through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Of course, he is referring to when Moses led the people across dry grounds, and as the chariots came after them, he swallowed them up, right? So he was a may way, a way maker through the Red Sea, but not to let your problems linger, he overcame those problems. Now, sometimes we can get caught up on God just overcoming our problems, forgetting we're the ones that are supposed to step into the Red Sea, and that we're the ones that have to do the journey, and that we're the ones that have to take him on his word, and we're the ones that have to walk through the Red Sea while the water is being held back. We're the ones that have to do, but God will not forsake us in the doing. Right? Forget the former things. Some of you need to be better at forgetting. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wastelands. I've got a very, what I believe is going to be a quick message today. Don't hold me to it because I haven't said it yet. But what I do think is if we could just in this passage extract some points that we can focus on to be able to move forward. So moving forward, so to speak. To move forward, I must, number one, remember God is a way maker. We sing about it. Waymaker, right? I always forget the words when I'm supposed to start singing for you. <laughs> Miracle worker, promise keeper, a light in the darkness. But we're singing, why? He's a way maker. He's not just someone that tells us the way, he's someone that makes the way. For those that trust, for those that believe, for those that have faith that he will meet us along the way, right? Uh, I always say that God is willing to do what we can't, but he's not going to do what we can what does that mean? Oftentimes, we, <laughs> we're trying to shoot those half-court shots. You know what I'm saying? Right at the buzzer, we're trying to throw up a half-court shot. And God's like, well, you could have just made it to a layup. But we got lazy, and we didn't want to go any further, and we're just throwing up that Hail Mary prayer. We're just throwing up that, that flutie pass. Do, do I have enough sport analogies for you to get this? I can move on. But the reality is God will do what we can't, but we totally could have done more. So the prayers that you're praying, what could you do more rather than trying to throw up that half-court shot? Someone in here, they'd be praying for a significant other for forever. But you ain't said hi to a guy in like two years. <laughs> you don't come to church early. You don't get a coffee and linger to see what the Lord may have in store. <laughs> Stop throwing up those Hail Mary prayers. Look good. Show up. Mean well. Say hello. 
I don't even have time to go into the fellas' problems. Let's just leave it alone, okay? But God is a way maker, but he will only do what we can't do. How many people have kids that are growing up and you're learning to give them more responsibility? I, I recently had a conversation with my oldest daughter who turns 13 next month. Lord, have mercy. As she continues to grow older and look more like a woman, I just want to light myself on fire. But, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> she has been raised in the house of the Lord. Amen. Um... But I was having a conversation with her. I said, Riley, you have to understand, like, you are growing up. There's more responsibility expected. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be nitpicky. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to help you understand what is expected because you can do this. You can do this. See, we forget that God has those conversations with us in his nose when we ask him for things that we can do. See, God may not sit down and say, well, look at, I'm not trying to be mean here, but I need you to understand there are some things that you can do, and this is something that you can do. You don't need a miracle. You just need to stir some faith, and you just need to put one foot in front of the other, and you start, need to start acting like your spiritual age. Some of you need to start focusing on your spiritual age and maturity. But God is trying to help us grow. He is a way maker, but he is expecting us to stand up and move forward. Yes? He says, this is what the Lord says, he who made a way. Who made a way? God made a way. And God can still make a way because the scripture says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you may have a forever problem, but he's still good enough and big enough to overcome your forever problem if you would begin the overcoming process. If you would begin, you know, when God opened the Red Sea, it was after they had been, they had left Egypt. It was after they had walked through the wilderness. It is after they had been on a journey of faith that God showed up to do the miracle. We're asking God to do the miracle before we get out of our seats. We're asking God to show up before we stand up. Okay, I'll keep moving. So to move forward, I must remember God is a way maker. Later on in that text, he says, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I was going to carry up a machete here today, but I thought that might be frowned upon in the day and age that we live. But when he is a way maker, when he is making a way through the wilderness, I want you to think Bear grills crazy. I want you to think when you were in the deepest Amazon, uh, you know, don't think naked and afraid because that'll just take you down the wrong path. But listen, let's go back to any other wilderness TV show and they are having to hack their way through the wilderness. The wilderness isn't like, oh, well, it's just an unblazed trail. No, there is no trail. There is literally no way through, but God can make a way through. So hopefully my analogy didn't need the hacking of a machete on stage today for you to get the fact that he has to make a way for us, but we got to believe that he will. What are you believing for this year? Who has goals for this year? Who's put goals on hold for two and a half years because you didn't know if the world was going to allow it? God's still allowing you to dream big dreams. Maybe we need to reclaim some of the dreams that we laid by the wayside a couple years ago. Maybe today is the day that we need to re-stir, re-imagine. See, we serve a creative God, one that was creative enough to make everything, the universe. You know, he's got a sense of humor. Look to your left, now look to your right. He's imaginative, okay? Uh, he loves us being creative, but in order to create, you've got to dream. 
So let's begin to dream again. That's a whole nother message, but someone needed to hear that. So remember, God is a way maker. To move forward, I must, number two, remember my obstacles are not bigger than my God. You're going to run into many obstacles this year, especially if you try and do anything for the Lord. If you just try and sit and relax and enjoy another year with, uh, you know, uh, there have been some ups, some benefits that have come from this crazy world, right? There's more time at home with the family. But actually sometimes, has anyone else realized this? Like no matter what, and I'm not, I'm not for advocating for you lying or for any of the rest, but have you realized that there's this new built-in excuse? I may have been in contact with somebody. So it used to be like parents, you would blame your kids you couldn't go to parties. Now it's just, you may have been in contact with somebody. And so now it's just this perfect excuse for you to do nothing all the time. Can we move beyond that as a society? Now, if you were in contact with somebody, you just stay away, right? (laughs) Just saying, no. But what I'm trying to say is we have these built-in excuses, right? But if you're going to use every excuse to not do anything, you're probably not going to see many obstacles. But if you try and do something for the Lord, if you try and continue to gain ground, to take territory, to see your dream fulfilled, you're going to run into some obstacles. But the obstacles are not bigger than your God. And we got to remember that. It says uh, in verse 16, this is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together. I know you think you have problems, but those were bigger problems than your problems. Unless you have a whole nation's army chasing you. Then they're kind of the same thing. But oftentimes we build our problem to be something insurmountable. And it is in our own thought process because we can't do it alone. But the things God has overtaken and the things that he's opened and the ways that he's made for so many others that we read about in the scripture, we got to remember, you know, they're just not as big as those problems that he already overcame. You know, we uh, we sing a song that um, we wrote here in this house and it says, my waves, they crash at your feet. My life's thunder roars at your knees. What does that mean? He is so much bigger than every problem I think that is huge. He's so much bigger than everything that I think is, uh, uh, you know, impenetrable. He's already on the other side. He already knows how to make the way. And so we have to remember that our obstacles are not bigger than the God we serve. Or they shouldn't be. I guess really I could rephrase that and say, how big is the God you serve? Because that's the God you're going to get. God... He's big enough. You know, I've got to say this really well. I've got to articulate this. Don't be scared of the big ask. You have the ability to ask God for things that you, and you don't, so, so many times the enemy will say, oh, why would you be asking for that? And he starts to put things in your, idea, in your head like, like, oh, that's self-serving. Well, maybe it is. Maybe you haven't thought through the whole process. And I always think that, God, if I'm asking something for you, then it better have benefits for someone else too, not just me. Right? Because the cup overfloweth, right? The blessing, I'm blessed to be a blessing, right? Uh, and I just, I have to thank you. I can't believe, uh, I just got some, some, uh, some amazing news just how well the year end was. People just saying, man, I see what this church is doing. Come on, I'm going to give to that. I'm going to continue to move the, the ball down the field. I'm going to continue to bless others. When we choose to live a big life, God continues to bring blessing. 
right? And so we have to remember, we serve a big God, and uh, if your obstacles seem bigger than God, then you need a new perspective of God. Okay? You ready for number three? To move forward, I must forget the former things. Isaiah 43, 18, forget the former things. How many people in here have a really good memory? How many of you have a really bad memory? How many of you are so bad at remembering you forgot that you have a bad memory? <laughs> As spouses nudge them like, yes, you forgot that you have a bad memory. No, look at We need to be really good at having that goldfish mentality when it comes to the negative things, the wrong things, the bad things that we need to move beyond. Every time you choose to remember the thing that held you back, you put the handcuffs back on and give it the power it once had. See, whenever in the, in, in the Old Testament, as we watch God do miraculous things, God would have them build an altar to remember the good things, right? To remember. So, so there would be an altar that was built of just a bunch of pile of stones near the Red Sea. Why? So that for generations, as generations walked by and raised their children, they would remind their children of the good things God did and how he is bigger than our obstacles, right? Our problem is we spend less time journaling about the good things God has done and more time thinking about all the things we've messed up on. And you think that it's just because you're a negative person. No, it's because there's an adversary that is trying to keep you down. There's an adversary trying to keep, uh, you know, keep your faith from swelling and rising up. There's an adversary that wants to remind you you're not good enough for the purpose God made you for. In fact, God couldn't have given you a good purpose because you're not a good person. Now, if we choose to add fuel to that fire, then yes, we may just be a negative Nancy. I always feel bad for Nancy. Why does she get a bad rap? <laughs> but listen, we need to understand there's some things we just need to forget. Maybe 2021 was a year you just need to forget. Well, rather than thinking about the negativity of 2021, why don't you put your focus on the fact that God has blessed you and gave you 2022, and here you are. We must forget the former things. I'm going to move forward, and if I'm going to move forward, it's going to be because I stopped looking in the rear view. You know, uh, I have all these great analogies. Like if I could just rip someone's rear view mirror off their car because they don't need it, then I could walk around with that thing here. But it's frowned upon. But what I'll tell you is the more time you focus looking in the rear view, the less time you focus on what's coming ahead of you. And it's called the principle of fixation, okay? Whatever you fixate on, you're going to be drawn towards. Uh, many of you know that I ride motorcycles, and uh, one of the first classes to make sure I wouldn't kill myself, I went through a class because then they give you a piece of paper, so then you feel better about not killing yourself, you know? Like, <laughs> I got a piece of paper! Yes! Uh, but what I can tell you is they teach you whatever you fixate on when you're coming around a corner If you fixate on that pothole, you're going to be drawn to the pothole You need to fixate on what you where you want to go and what you're trying to do not everything you're trying to avoid So as we continue to move forward, we've got to stop fixating on the things that honestly they just need to be buried There's some of you that just need to go home and the reality is that relationship that you've been hoping will come back, unless God does it, it's not coming back. And the reality is maybe if you look deeper, 
Maybe you shouldn't be going back to that guy or that girl. Maybe it's time to go home and burn all those love letters so you can just move on. Maybe it's time to just disconnect for the sake of what could be new. Because every time you hold on to the old, your hands are too full of the old to ever receive the new. Sometimes you have to understand, I got to let it go so that I have open hands and open arms for whatever God has for me next. Yes? And so forget the former things. Philippians 3 says this, not that I've already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. One thing I do, There could be a lot of things you don't do. But the one thing he's doing is looking and pressing towards the thing God has called him to. How many can honestly say the most time and attention you've spent in the last week has been towards the things ahead of you, not towards the things behind you? Well, why do we have such problems looking ahead? Well, because ahead takes faith and imagination. Behind is just memory. It's easy to take hold or remind ourselves of what already happened. It's hard to actually get into that creative mentality where you begin to dream and believe for the things that you have not yet seen. And that's what faith is, right? So we must work at forgetting what is behind us. Remember to forget. You go home, remember to forget. Something comes up in your mind, oh, I got to remember to forget that. Let me just forget that. I don't want to think of that again. Every time you remember what you should what should be forgotten, remind yourself to forget it. What am I saying? Take captive the thoughts that are going to take you backwards. Moving ahead, I won't think of that. Moving forward, we're not going to do that. Yes? Here's the reason that we should be freed to forget it, because God already has. When we ask God to forgive us, not only is he faithful to forgive us, he's faithful to not hold it over our head. See, we have like a waste bin at home. We have a recycling bin at home. And half of our memories that we put in the recycling bin should have been in the waste. We don't want it to come back up in any new form of life. We just need to let it go. Not just what I didn't get right, but also forgetting about what you wish God had done differently for you. Forgetting the former things, honestly... Sometimes some of us need to take captive the thought that God forgot us. We need to forget that. Some of us need to take captive the thought that God isn't good because he didn't do something we thought he should have. That he isn't present because of something ended up playing out the way that we thought it wouldn't have if he was there. God understands more than I do. And if he didn't answer my prayer the way I'd hoped, maybe it was for the best. Even though I can't see that right now. Right? So as humans, we are much better at forgetting our mistakes while having a perfect record of everyone who wronged us. Right? So when he says forget the former things, look, we also, uh, there are things that in our own life, we've got to forget what other people have done to us. The Bible says forgive those. We, we pray, God, forgive us as we forgive those who trespassed against us. 
right? So it's, it's, a, it's a mutual thing. God, as I ask for your forgiveness and look for your mercy, I look to give forgiveness and look to give mercy because I'm going to be more like you even though it's hard. So as we forget, choose to let go some of the things that you've been holding on to bitterness. Choose to forget some of the things that you feel like God disappointed you in because he sees and knows more than you do. And he's God. If we want a better start to this year, if we want to uh, sever the ties with the things holding us back, choose to let it go. Forget the past and move forward. Number four, to move forward, I must choose not to dwell on the past. And I'm going to be quick with this because it does go with number three, but the scripture says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Um, So uh, just putting that out there, again, it's easy to dwell on things that have been burned into us. We have scars, we have burns, we have hurts, we have pains. But the, the quicker you let it heal, the, mess, uh, the less you mess with it, eventually it'll just be a mark. There won't be any further pain. You'll never be able to get rid of the mark, but you can choose not to fixate on it to remind you of what happens. Yeah? Number five, because I'm out of time. To move forward, I must... No God can make all things new, including you, including me. See, God loves the idea of the new you. Your 2.0 or your 7.0. He loves the idea of you growing into being all that he created you to be. In fact, every time we level up in life, all we've done is unlock the next thing that God had for us. Sometimes we get too too caught up in look what I've been able to do rather than understanding all I did was be able to raise my faith and, and walk into that next level that God had for me. He created me for this. The things, when you excel in something, don't allow yourself to get prideful. Understand you've just tapped into the God good in you. When you have the ability to see God do something miraculous, when you have the ability to just feel like something is effortless, when you just can do things others can't do, it's not because you're so awesome. It's because you found the awesomeness God has put in you. And you're being able to walk that out and live that out. And that's what's exciting. God loves to see you level up. He loves to see the new you, and he's invested in that. He's invested into you. He wants to see you flourish and succeed. God is into making things happen. New things happen. Isaiah 43, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? He's into the new. He's into the new. And so I know that, look it, God, God wants creativity to flow. The scripture says, sing to me a new song. Why? It's not because he didn't like the old song. He just knows he's already put a new song in you. He knows that, look it, He knows that on day three, he had more to give when he was creating for day four. He continued. You know, there's also something to be said. When I go back, and I know I'm kind of backing up a little bit in in some of this message and the points, but I was talking about some of us that sit too long and how these last two years have have, uh, somewhat jaded us or, uh, you know, introduced a new way of life where we just were so much more resting. Can I tell you, God only rested one day. We need to work. 
We need to put our hands to something, and we need to be productive with something. Some of us feel as though we're, you know, we deserve to have a three or four day work week and deserve to have a a three day week. All I'm telling you is God says that he blesses the works of our hands. So if you want a blessed life, get to doing the things that God created you to do. Stop telling yourself that culture is right and that you deserve, you deserve nothing. I deserve nothing. What I deserve is to be able to, (laughs) if God gave me this life, the air that I have, I better do something with it than just expect for everything to happen because God knows I mean well. That's not in my notes. That was for somebody. Sorry. See, God will help you forge the new path. He will be that machete to cut through and blaze the path. He will sustain you during the hard yards and the tough stuff. But you've got to actually stand up and begin moving forward. You've got to trust that he is worthy and that he is trustworthy for you to begin doing what you can do to see him come and add the extra to your ordinary, to add the super to your natural. That's what God does. He looks to be the additive to you. He created you. And when he created you, he said, that's good. That's good. You know, when I bring my car to the mechanic, when I bring my motorcycle to the guy that knows everything about him because he's built them from scratch, I don't, I don't think the best thing for me to do is go in and be like, yeah, I Googled this and I really believe it's this, that, and the other. So if you could just confirm my thoughts, that'd be awesome. You just trust the person that knows way more about it than you do. If you find a good one, you trust them, right? Oftentimes, we walk into our prayer closet, and we act as though we know everything, and we tell God, the maker of everything, what we need, when the reality is he knows what's under the hood. See, we point out problems that need fixing, but he knows the root of how we created it. We blame someone else for bringing it up and for bringing it upon us, but he actually knows the problem that happened when we were 17 or when we were seven and the root that still exists within our hearts that he's trying to get into doing the surgery so that it doesn't come back up again rather than medicating the issue. See, God's not into managing your pain. He's into open heart surgery. And we got to remember that when it comes to making all things new. Can you not see God's doing a new thing? Can you not perceive it? He wants to do something new. But that's not going to come just from some gift that you get dropped in your life, from some person that is going to walk through the door tomorrow, from some car that's parked with a big bow because it's Christmas time and everyone thinks they deserve it. The new he's going to do is going to start within you. But when it takes hold, it's going to bring fruit that you would never, ever, in your wildest dreams, expect you could have in your life. That's how God does something new. He doesn't just give it to you. He does it through you. We hope you have enjoyed this teaching from Metro Church.